Come on. Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, the strong and powerful Niv Prasad. Niv, are you ready to do this? Absolutely, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Niv is the founder and executive director of Transition Planning and Guidance. She is a certified financial planner, a chartered retirement planning counselor, and a certified divorce financial analyst. Very excited to have you on. Niv, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Okay, wonderful. So first, I'm going to open up with a quote that I live my life by. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's by Irma Bombach, and it's, When I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. I love to maximize the life, George. And so in my personal life, um, I, I do live with my significant other in Atlanta, Georgia. We've been together now, oh, it's almost 14 years. Time goes by when you're having fun. Time flies. <laughs> I have three stepdaughters <laughs> um, step from my previous marriage that I'm still very close to because I was um, integral in their growing up, even though I'm, I'm no longer married to their dad. And um, I'm also very active in the community. I believe in giving back to the profession. So I am um, I'm very active with the Financial Planning Association of Georgia, and that's the professional organization for CFPs. And the Georgia chapter has over 500 members. Oh. I'm a past president is also a past chair. Um, I've even written exam questions for the CFP exam. So, um, you know, I definitely enjoy giving back to the profession. Mainly, I enjoy helping and guiding the younger professionals in our profession because um, it's it, what we do is so wonderful, George, because we're able to help people and guide them, especially what I'm doing, which is through guiding them through a very difficult um, situation in life, a divorce, which a lot of us, we don't plan for a divorce. It just happens, and um, sometimes we're surprised by it. And sometimes um, you kind of know that it's going to happen. One of the things that I created when I went through my divorce is called the five P's of life. And the five P's are personal relationships, personal finance, profession, peace of mind, and physical health. So when I work with my divorce clients, that's the five areas that we focus on. And once they have a certain vision of what their life's going to look like after a divorce, then I can help them on the financial side. So that's a little bit about me and my background. You mentioned that um, I'm a CFP as well as a charter retirement planning counselor and a certified divorce financial analyst. Got it. Yes. So I, I think that it makes all the sense in the world to me to to go through what you call the, the, the five P's before you start talking about the actual dollars and cents um, or the insurance policies or whatever, all the financial stuff, because... That's the most important thing, right? You need to try to get a sense of, I know it's such an emotional and traumatic time, um, whether you're initiating a divorce or you're not, um, but you do need to take the time, at least as best you can, to figure out where it is that you want to end up after everything is said and done. Exactly. And it's also, George, because um, I went through a divorce myself, and mine was blindsided. I didn't know it was coming. And um, and no matter how professional you are, how together you are, 
it still tears you apart inside. And what I let people know when they're going through the divorce, life goes on. Like, I am still very close with my stepdaughters, so I see my ex-husband because life goes on. They got, you know, they graduated from college. They got married. They have kids. You're always going to have that person in your life. And so it's, it's important to have somebody there that tells you things are going to move on. And the best way, the best thing that you can do for yourself is just move on with life. And that's why you help them to kind of visualize what life is going to be like moving forward. So at least they have something to look forward to. Because I will tell you that I really thought that I would never be in another relationship, that I would I would never travel again, that I would just, I don't know, just work and, and, and live. That was it. But I wasn't really maximizing life. And um, I just want to give people that hope. Right. Yeah, that's when when you're in the thick of it, I think that it's probably, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's probably really, really, really hard to try to envision oh, a life um, different and, and, and probably really, really hard to say, okay, you know, things are going to be different now, but life will continue and it's going to hurt really bad. But in a year or two years, three years, certainly past that, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to be past it and then I need to try to figure out what it is that I want. So... And then on top mm-hmm. of that, too... Especially I, if you have kids. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please. Oh, I was just going to say, especially if you have kids, you, that person will always be in your life. And that's what people forget, and um, they don't realize it. But, I mean, they're just going to have these events, the family gatherings, and um, your kids are going to grow up, they're going to have families, and you've got you've to be able to cope with, you know, seeing your ex. And if you can make a clean cut and just move on with your life, it's going to be so much easier for you to go to those family functions. Isn't, isn't that the truth? I'm a, I'm a product. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I always I, say the best revenge is to move forward in life and be successful. <laughs> well, I think that's, I think that that's well said. I think that that's really well said. You know, I, my folks split up when I was five and I'm, I'm, I'll be 40 years old this year. And still, and now I'm I'm married. We have we we, we have a kid, and my mom and my dad, and, and as everybody is is still in the picture. But it's still a little bit like oil and water when when my mom and dad get together. And and frankly, it's kind of a pain in my neck. So it'd be better for everybody Correct. if they if they would have been able to somehow get through that process without wanting to kill each other. So. <laughs> No, so you absolutely know what I'm talking about I, because I my stepdaughters they they tell their parents if you can't behave don't come. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, um I actually get along with their mom. I love her. I've always liked her. We were just in a difficult time period when I was married to um you know, to the girl's dad, but you know, um, recently we just had a, a big event at my middle stepdaughter's house and she's in her 30s and um, you know, both set of parents were there, and it was the oil and water. <laughs> it, was, it was just very interesting. And, you know, even though I was, um, you know, more recently married to the dad, it was, um, you know, I've moved on with my life. I've kind of, you know, and he's, you know, written me apology emails and stuff like that. But, you know, I've kind of moved on. I've got a different direction in my life, but... So it's a lot easier for me to go to those functions and not let it bother me. Got it. Fair enough. I appreciate you sharing that. So, and that is easier said than done. Is you know, 
right? So, so <laughs> just invite your parents when there's no alcohol around. <laughs> right, right. That way you don't have anything flare up. <laughs> yes. So, having how how best to help families move through this and move past this without having those bad feelings last forever and without having family functions and holidays be tainted forever. And I think the best way is when you're looking at the divorce process. So sometimes I get clients that are contemplating a divorce and um, we talk about what life would be like post-divorce and we also run some numbers on what their lifestyle will be like. And, um, and sometimes people are okay with that, and a lot of times they're not okay with it, and they just try to figure how to make their marriage work. Here's what happens a lot in situations. Um, so what I tend to see are the individuals where their kids have graduated from high school, they're in college, and all of a sudden they're having to get to know their spouse again, and um, they've, cut, they've grown apart. Then you have everything that's showing up on social media, people having a great time with their spouse. You see what's going on in TV with people getting along, going, having these wonderful relationships. And people get a little jaded. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually, and this is me being the numbers person, I go back to the numbers and I tell people it's not 50% of marriages that end up in divorce. It's actually a third. It's just the way that they calculate it based on the rate. They didn't look, they looked at the total population, not the total population of marriage and divorce. So, you know, it's not, you know, when people talk about their kids getting married and stuff like that, it's, it's not going to end in a divorce. You know, you have to just kind of make it work. But letting people recognize, sometimes you have to work through those hiccups and there's hope. Because I'm a big proponent of staying married and working it through because we all have bumps in the road. Um, but sometimes it's difficult. People just want to move on. So we do talk about, so many of my clients are over 50, and we talk about what is your retirement going to look like because you've lost those years to really accumulate those assets. Right, right. And those are all, all questions that, and conversations that certainly need to be had. So I, I, I'm very... And sometimes it's too much. Right. That's, I mean... I would have to imagine that the timing of these conversations, like everything else in life, is, is, is so key. Some are absolutely critical. You need to, when you're talking about dividing assets up, you need to make mm-hmm. a good decision because a lot of these decisions are probably irrevocable. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that. But then some of these conversations, perhaps when the dust settles, are better to maybe talk about or people are, are more able to talk about but let, let's let's right. talk about and the things that you really have to right and the things that you really have to talk about is um you know let's talk about the, the living the home itself and when the market was down you had a lot of people that did not go through with their divorce because they knew they couldn't sell the house or have it at a lower selling point and most people have quite a bit of assets in their house and um, many individuals with a lower income they may want to hold on to the house and they think it's a good idea but what they don't take into account is the maintenance the ongoing maintenance of the house the taxes the insurance the roof replacement things like that and that's why it's important to look at the finances 
the other thing is that your lifestyle is going to change. If you were accustomed to going on, you know, a winter break ski vacation or a summer beach vacation, you may not be able to do that anymore. You may have to figure out a different things to do, you know, in town or just do one trip a year. Um, so when you start running the numbers about what their income is going to be and then what their current expenses are modified to being single versus being a married couple, that's when people start seeing, wow, things are really going to change. Like they may not have access to the country club. They may not, you know, like I mentioned, those vacations, you may not have that. And then, you know, just looking at the numbers, that's what gets the reality. You talked about some of the decisions are irrevocable. So I've met one of my clients who was after her divorce and her divorce settlement, she decided to take the house. And the house at the time was around $1.8 million, and that was it. She didn't have any um, much liquid assets. Um, the alimony she was getting was really paying, getting dumped into maintaining the house. Sure. And alimony was getting ready to end, and it was that's when she um, came to me, and we started going over her budgeting. And so her thought was, to sell the house, and then she would have money to live for the rest of her life. And she's early 50s, so most people are in retirement over 30 years. In her case, because she's so young, you know, and her parents are in their 90s. Both um, her dad and mom are still alive in their 90s. So, you know, she has longevity in her family. So you're talking about 40 years for $1.8 million to last, and she was not working. And the one thing that, because she didn't get the financial counseling before, nobody really walked her through some of the steps. So where is she going to live now after she sells the house? Because she's not working, doesn't have income, she's not going to qualify for a mortgage. So she'd have to use some of those assets to purchase the house. And then maybe later on try to see if she can get a home equity line. But things are so tight with approvals, with, um, you know, banks lending, it's not that viable. So that's an example of where she was misguided by her legal team, thinking that she would have this money available. They didn't walk her through everything, and nor did they lay out that in retirement, if you're not working, that 1.8 is not going to sustain you for 40 years. Sounds like current lifestyle. sounds like a lot of money, but when you start breaking everything down, it it, it, it uh, is not necessarily so. No, it isn't. It is. And plus, when you have to take some of that money out to buy a house, you know, to live in, right? Um, you know, because you're not, you're going to have to use. So in Atlanta, you're looking at around um, $180,000, Now, she could move to another area, but she didn't want to do that because all her friends were in the location where she's at. So it, it's a shift in perspective. And um, it, it's interesting because she thought she was doing really good by coming to see me before alimony ended, when, in fact, she needed to see me before she signed that divorce decree. Right. <laughs> right. All right, I, so, I know it's a damper story, but no, you hey, know, it's just something <laughs> that you were talking about irrevocable. Mm-hmm. No, no two ways about it. It's you again. You get one one opportunity to make some of these decisions, and so yeah, I think 100. percent It makes sense to talk to a professional before 
you signed paperwork or as 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 early on, I, ha- I would ha- I'll just ask you when when should somebody seek out advice? Who who should they be talking to? Yeah, so actually, if you're contemplating a divorce, go ahead and start talking to someone on the financial side. I definitely um, have a preference towards CFP certified financial planners with the CDFA certified divorce um, financial analyst training. Um, They have a lot of CDFAs out there that do not have the CFP background, um, and they're good, but I do believe the CFP knowledge base will also help quite a bit. So ideally, somebody that has that CFP-CDFA combination. Okay. And if you can do it beforehand. Now, if you've already signed the divorce decree, yes, you can go back and ask for more money, but then you're involved in that legal process again. And you have to outlay quite a bit of money for the attorney fees in order to go back and try to, you know, get your share of the retirement assets. But a lot of times it's more of a headache to go back than it is, um, you know, um, that's why it's important to take care of it before because it's just, it's just hard to go back once the divorce decrease is right. Signed. It's easier for child support because most states have a calculation. So, like, if, you know, your ex-spouse has increased in income, you can submit, and you know, a request. And that's a little bit of an easier process. But nowadays, it's, um, you know, to get additional money from the assets of the marriage, it's, it's a longer process, an expensive process. Got it. Well, that certainly makes sense. And, and I would certainly encourage people, if, if you are proactively looking to terminate your marriage or if it's happened to you whoever it is that that you find to counsel you i i would certainly encourage them to at least try to have the conversations about what do i want what do i want my life to look like after this you might not be ready to think about that right now but at least it'll plant the seed that you need to be thinking about those things instead of just talking about the dollars and the cents i think you really need both Absolutely, George, because a lot of times it's just planting that seed. And, you know, like I said, when I was going through it, I just never thought I would be in another relationship, much less traveling to the extent that I do. And um, you just don't know what's in there. I wish we all had this little crystal ball that could tell us in the future, but we just don't. (laughs) Nobody does. Well, Niv, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Okay, so what my um, one piece of advice, and this plays to your last comment, George, is that if you are contemplating a divorce, please start putting together a team of professionals. Um, While your friends and family may mean well by giving you advice, you really need professionals that work in the field of divorce. So that would be your attorney, your financial person, whether it's a I would include both the financial advisor as well as the CPA, a tax advisor, because it's important to understand the tax consequences on your settlement. And then also you definitely need your estate planning attorney, because a lot of times if you're over 50, start talking about what that may look like. So develop a team of professionals that become your go-to. I think that that is absolutely invaluable advice. It's great stuff, and that definitely gets a come up. Come on. So, Niv, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Absolutely. So my um, website is transition, P for planning, G for guidance.com. That's transition without an S, 
So transitionpg.com. My phone number is 404-829-4305. But if you go to the website, you can always click on contact us and I'll be able to reach back out to you. I do work with clients virtually. I Skype and do Google Hangouts. The other thing, just to let you know, I do not manage money, nor do I sell investment products. So a lot of times people have a financial advisor, but the financial advisor's client is both you and your spouse and so working with me does not conflict in that area at all because I'm not going to talk about investments I'm going to look at the big picture about your assets um, about your net worth excellent well Savage Nation if you enjoyed this as much as I did show never your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas go to her website and check out all the different resources that are on there I know that I can speak from uh, having been there that there's a lot of great stuff and give her a call if you have any questions so thank you again Niv thank you George it's been a pleasure and until next time keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together what's up Savage Nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on